0: How can you not be romantic about baseball? We're gonna high drive to left! This baby's way back! It is out of here! I don't believe what I just saw! Coswell slashes one foul. Oh, that
1: hit a bird! And it bounces back into fair territory!
0: Oh, I gotta I gotta check the rule book on this one, folks. I'm too drunk to taste this chicken.
1: Our ass is in the jackpot now!
0: You're listening to Booze and Baseball. There's 50 feet of crap, and then there's us. Baseball First podcast, sort of, featuring Derek Johnson. What you just said is one of the most insanely idiotic things I have ever heard. Everyone in this room is now dumber
1: for having listened to it. And Dusty Baker. I heard that. Dynamite drop-in money That broadcast school has really paid off. So sit back and enjoy the talk around the diamonds with a cold one
0: in hand. Today's secret ingredient is. Yeah! I love scotch. I love scotch. Scotchy, scotch has got scotch. Here it goes down. Down into my belly. Mm-hmm. Hello, and welcome in to another edition of Booze and Baseball with Dustin Baker. I am Darren Johnson. It is a fun show today because. The MLB lockout is officially over. No more lockout. The season will begin, and uh, kind of an impromptu podcast here to just kind of celebrate that.
1: Yeah, uh, Derek, I'm uh, I'm drinking some whiskey to uh, to celebrate on my end. Uh, this is a uh, Rod and Hammer uh, 112 proof, uh, and it's uh, what we call a cask bourbon. So uh, this is pretty much the perfect. Hey, we're locked out, no more drink. I know that you're in a hotel right now away, so you're going to be uh, drinking in your heart. But we were just in Austin, Texas, doing our fantasy baseball draft even before this lockout, and so uh, we got our fair share of booze and baseball <laughs> when we were out there. Um, but, man, what a what a special day. And uh, the, the best part is we're going to do a throw-it-back stat, and this one is more of a throw-it-back-and-chug stat because on March the 10th of 2022 – Jeff Passan was hacked by Skulltunes on Twitter. However, in record time, here's the statistic, only two hours from his last tweet before getting hacked to his next one is all it took. It was two hours. And he got his account back. The very next tweet he posted, he said it was going to be the start of the season. That was the most epic comeback I think I've ever seen. It was a historic tweet. Put it in a history book. Um, My favorite part was he said, baseball is back, dot, 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 and so am I. And it was all too appropriate for what we have now. And, uh, you know, the Mets, the Yankees, the Astros, and Phillies all voted no on the MLB proposal. So we have four teams we don't have to root for this year. Those are probably the four easiest ones to root against. So, uh, Derek, uh, initial thoughts.
0: I am very excited. Um, I think – one of my favorite things about this time of year, I love March Madness and everything. And then once it ends is when I always feel like it's okay. Now I can bunker down on baseball season. Um, that's especially true. Now I don't have to worry about when will the season start. Uh, we can get back to free agency like that. Didn't even conclude. There's still so many guys out there. Uh, how is this not super exciting? And and a lot of the rule changes, um, you know, maybe there's some one or two that I'm not in love with, but, For the most part, I kind of like a lot of the stuff that's in there. And uh, how could you not be happy that we're actually going to get baseball?
1: Yeah. uh, Speaking of those rule changes, we'll go through those real quickly right here. And our uh, little chug or dump segment, Uh, pretty simple here. You're either chugging it because you like it, you dump it because you hate it. Uh, Those wounded warriors, we don't love those. Uh, I advise not to have those. But in this case, you're allowed to have them, Derek. So let's just go one by one through them real quickly uh, and how it has an impact on fantasy baseball specifically. The 12-team postseason expansion from 10, Uh, you may look at that not so much as a fantasy perspective, but, hey, that means there's two more teams that are going to be competing uh, that may not have had a chance as much uh, going down the stretch. So, opens up the window a little more, gives uh, maybe a couple more teams. I'm thinking about the Angels right now as a team that always – seems to have Mike Trout and or Shohei Otani not playing in the final two weeks of the season. So maybe if they're in the running, we all actually have fancy relevant angels for the first time for an entire season. What are your thoughts?
0: Yeah, I don't love the 12 team postseason personally. Um, I, I do understand that idea of it of, Hey, let's get like some of our stars out in the biggest games, which like again, like I understand, cause that's going to be one way of really helping your marketability. Um, I just don't love it because this is such a sport where the longevity of the season matters so much. And this isn't the NBA where you can play a seven game series, a five game series, and the best team nine times out of 10 is going to come out on top. Uh, in the baseball postseason, it is a little bit more random. And, you know, sometimes the best team does win in the MLB postseason. And, and sometimes that is enough to get through. But there is a lot more randomness involved. So if you're opening that up to other teams, then that kind of becomes a problem. And there's going to be some teams who get in there as the sixth seed who maybe go like, I don't know, 84-78, and and 82-80 or something like that, and they just kind of get hot at the right time, even though they might have finished 20 games worse than whoever is the one seed. And I also don't know – like, yes, it is – it's an advantage in one way for the top two teams because they have a bye – so, like, it's an advantage in that, hey, we automatically are in the next round. Our title odds are going to be or our percentage to win the title is going to be better. But specifically, once the team gets there, who you're playing, it's, it's you know, they're going to be coming off a, a long series. You're going to be having a long layoff. And, and so much of kind of playing and, and having fluidity matters so much. I, I don't like this one personally.
1: Yeah, and you know what? It, all fair points. Uh, it's the one that I'm not totally passionate about. Uh, I say make the postseason and you know, win your games from there. But I, I think it sounds to me like Derek's more of a, a dump on that. I'm I'm kind of more of a chug. I, I do like having the opportunity to have the buys. Uh, I think that's pretty cool considering. And this is the one thing I thought you would like is the Giants w- and Dodgers both would have buys this past mm-hmm. season. So, you know, that's part of, I, I guess, more recency bias for me. But um, the fact of the matter is the Dodgers and Giants should not have met up in the NLDS. Both teams were too good to have that go five games. So this would probably prevent something like that from going only five games. Instead, these two would match up. Uh, if they did reach, you know, the farthest point in the playoffs, they would have met up in the NLCS. So that's, that's kind of where I, I look at it. The next one is the universal DH. This is probably the one that I have the hardest time with just because I do love watching pitchers hit that can hit. But I know that there's a lot of opinions on this. And from a fantasy perspective, Universal DH is amazing because the depth of the players that you have out there at this point, there's 15 more guys or possibly more that now have significant value that may not have had value before. Um, and so from a fantasy perspective, I love it and I'll chug it. From a real life perspective, I'm kind of dumping it just because, man, there, there are some times uh, that I loved seeing pitchers go out there and just mash when pitchers can hit that is such a fun thing and so I'm gonna miss that part
0: I don't miss the pitchers hitting as much outside of you know like Madison Bumgarner Zach Granke Clayton Kirk but to me the the big the cooler thing about the non-DH was the strategy side of it the you know I, I had a friend who's who's been watching baseball for like 20 years ask me because he saw it on Twitter the other day he said what's a double switch because he's he's roots for a team in the al and he had never seen that before he didn't know what like i so i'll miss that i'll miss kind of the the aspect of being able to you know you only have a finite amount uh of bench people and and who are you going to use when are you going to use certain guys uh to kind of come in for for your pitcher i do miss that strategy aspect of it it feels like there's another rule later where it's getting rid of strategy as well so i don't love that aspect of it but just in terms of having I guess more of an entertaining game I guess give me the universal universal DH and I think it it probably it probably influences more teams to um, spend more money on extra hitters you want to have a deeper bench, so you're going to spend more in free agency and try to get more hitters and everything. And I think that, to itself, is a good thing. So this isn't one that I was really tied down to one way or another. I would have been cool if they kept it the same because I like the strategy, but I'm, I'm fine with it being a universal DH. And uh, buy your Darren Ruff stock.
1: But yeah, Darren Ruff is going to be uh, getting more ABs. Here's one thing that I will throw out there before I get to the next one. The American League starting pitchers in fantasy – their value doesn't change, I mean, from last year to this year. But from the National League perspective, you may see an increase in ERAs uh, for any of those stars that you see over there because that's one more solid hitter and usually probably middle-of-the-order hitter that's all of a sudden in a lineup they normally wouldn't be facing, right? So – expect the ERAs of some of the National League starting pitchers to, to go up a little bit. Okay. To the next one, nine inning double headers. We'll keep this pretty short. Uh, that doesn't change too much. Seven inning double headers is what we had. Uh, that was temporary. Nine inning. We're back to the normal. Uh, any thoughts at all on that?
0: Um, No, I'm fine with it. I actually did like the seven inning double headers uh, just from pure like watchability, but I hated that like, none of the records that like when Madison Bumgarner had the no hitter in the seven, eight, that sucks. So from that standpoint, just make it a nine inning doubleheader. I'm fine with that.
1: Yeah. I, I chug this one. I, I stick with the traditional baseball rules. Um, the no runners on base kind of goes with that too. So we'll kind of skip over that, but that's another part is the no ghost runner. Uh, the things that are going to be really sticking out is 2023. Uh, Derek pitch clock um, from a pitching perspective, fantasy wise, you know, maybe guys that have more of a cadence, a little more deliberate, this could kind of affect them a little bit. So, uh, you know, you think about some of the guys that are slower on the hill to to kind of go pitch to pitch. You think of closers, especially when the, the game's on the line. Some of the times those guys like to take their time. Um, any impact you see at that whatsoever? I kind of I kind of am dumping this one.
0: Yeah, pitch lock I'm kind of dumping. It's, it's not that I, – I have no problem with wanting the pitchers to speed things up. I just – I don't like the idea of every pitch is like up three, two, is he going to get it off in time? Like that just, that seems like overly strenuous for me to every, for for 200 pitches over the course of the game, I'm watching a pitch clock. And I guess it's, it's not that different than basketball, but in basketball, it's like how often are there shots where it gets close to the shot clock? I don't know. It's not every possession. And and that might be every possession in baseball, but, um, I I guess uh, this is one that I also don't like totally care about. And I also wouldn't be surprised if this is something where it's like kind of loosely officiated.
1: Yeah, I, I totally agree. I'm not totally passionate about it. I don't love it, but it's, I one. will say though, could you imagine, could you
0: imagine it's like, it maybe in the postseason again, it'll be even loosely or if that's a word officiated. Um, could you imagine if like, uh, okay, giants Dodgers game five and Giants are down one in the last inning. Base is loaded or something like that. And it's a full You're count. Already, yeah. And the pitcher takes one extra deep breath. And as he's winding up, the pitch clock hits zero. I don't know what the punishment is for the pitch clock hitting zero. I don't know if it's like an automatic ball or what. An automatic like, ball. I think that's – Okay, and that that's like the difference between the game being tight or not. That seems a little silly to me.
1: Yeah, I agree. I i, I would hate to see a line. It, it would be the Dodgers-Giants that would happen in two. You just know that <laughs> would. It just is so typical that that would happen. So, I agree. Not a huge fan of that one. This is the big talker right here. This is probably the one I'm most passionate about. They are banning the shift starting in 2023. Um, That is going to have significant impact in fantasy baseball, actually this year as well if you're in a keeper league, because all of a sudden, you know, you may start to make moves trying to go after the guys that, you know, are hitting right now 230, 240. I'm just going to throw the name out there, Joey Gallo, because that's been the name that everybody's been talking about. But, uh, you know, there's a lot of guys that the hefty shift really has affected them. So, you know, for guys like Joey Gallo, Derek, I mean – does this impact their fantasy value significantly? Because to me, I mean, I see it as a huge thing. And I, I'm – to be honest, I'm a baseball purist, but I feel like the shift got a little overdone at times and it changed the game big time and it started kind of ruining it a little bit. But I, I don't love banning it either. So I'm kind of in this weird mix where I'm going to let the drink sit there and let somebody else drink it because I'm not chugging it nor dumping it out. I'm, I'm kind of indifferent. What about you?
0: Yeah, so I immediately think of lefty hitters who – um, are kind of power hitters who have been killed by the shift. So yeah, Joey Gallo, um, Anthony Rizzo, uh, list goes on and on and on. But I, I think that again, like this goes back to the the strategy of the game. It's it's being kind of taken out. But unfortunately, the part about the shifts is like it's not it's not in game strategy. Shifts are you know, hey, we're gonna hire this group of 10 analytics people in the analytics department, and there's nothing wrong with that. Um, but that's going to be their sole job, like coming up with with shifts to where it has kind of taken out some of the spirit of the game. I originally was was very anti-taking it away for that reason that it was taking away um, some of the strategy of the game. But the more I think about it, and, and it is frustrating that it's just like, well, if this is causing such a, an issue, then why don't you just tell hitters to adjust, hit the opposite way, bunt down the third base line. That's all good and well, but you know what the issue is with that? The most efficient way, once you get analytics involved, the analytics, aren't, which are causing the shifts, aren't telling those hitters, hey, bunt down third base, whatever. They're telling them, you know what the most efficient way to beat the shift is? Hit a home run. Hit it over everyone's heads. And so it becomes a problem because basically the most efficient way to counteract the shift is also probably the worst way to watch baseball. It's strikeouts or home runs, right? It's, it's not a lot of balls in contact. And that in turn goes to uh, slower games because you're not having quick at bats where it's just a hey, ground up to third or quick single, whatever it is. So from that standpoint, and from the standpoint that, like you said, it, it almost has gotten a little bit overboard there. Um, I actually am cool with this. I actually kind of like this and I think it will speed up the game in a good amount there is a part of me that thinks this is going to heavily hurt the giants because they weren't an ultra talented team last year they had a lot of talent and they were they had, were really deep had a ton of depth they, were, they or, played
1: sound baseball they played yes. sound baseball
0: but they were the number one team in the mlb basically and benefiting from the shift and, and what their analytics department was able to come through there so i'm very curious to see how that affects them but as you said there's a year for this to kind of all come together i'm curious if if teams like go all in on the shift this year just for one last hurrah or if teams start kind of phasing it out this year just to like get ready for next year.
1: Yeah, I agree. I, I'm curious as well. And I feel like uh free agents like impending free agent Joey Gallo are sitting there now licking their chops saying man I just got myself a multi-million dollar paycheck increase right now because of one rule change. So interesting <laughs> to see what happens. Like I you know uh we could talk about this all day. But you know, we like to focus on fantasy. And you know what, Derek, we have a baseball season ahead of us. So uh, what I want to do is kind of quickly go over these free agents that are currently out there. These are the top free agents. Okay, we're not talking sleepers right now. That'll be another show another day. Uh, But we listed a few of our top free agents that are pretty obvious ones. And Derek and I are going to do a drink challenge. We haven't done one of these in a long time because well, we've been locked out for 99 days. So we're going to keep track of this. Uh, And we're going to pay our dues once every one of these players is signed. It'll be once the final player signs, that following show is when we will pay our dues during the show. Um, So that's kind of how this is going to go. And the way this works is this. Each of us will hear the name of a player, and we're going to list two teams uh, that we think that they may end up at. Okay, one of those teams counts as a drink. So we're talking a beer, uh, just a normal drink, right? Another pick is a shot. So, obviously, big difference between taking the shot and the drink. You probably would rather have it land on a drink. So, our shot is more of a shot in the dark. But, uh, yeah, it's, it's going to be one of us has to pay the dues, and it will balance out. So, let's say Derek has five shots, I have four. Well, then Derek would actually only take one shot, if that makes sense. So, we'll pay our dues accordingly. Uh, but let's start right off on this thing with the uh, arguably top free agent out there, Carlos Correa. Uh, Derek, do you have your drink and your shot picks for the teams that he's going to sign with?
0: Yes. um, Carlos Correa. Ray. uh, Oh. Ray. No, I'm not going (laughs) to. That was shocking. (laughs) (laughs) No, I feel like the drink one for this. I don't know. I feel like you're going to end up having the same one for the drink. Maybe not. Um, I'm going to go with the New York Yankees. It just seems to make too much sense that he would go with the Yankees. They have a ton of money. They want another hitter. Um, He also would give them more of a contact guy with all the kind of OBP power guys that they have and on top of it he does kind of love playing into the the villain side of things and who better to go to than the Yankees so that's my drink my drink is going to be the Detroit Tigers
1: Um, Mm. I think even with the signing of Javier Baez uh, they're going to play a role similar to what they have with the uh, Padres Machado and Tatis Uh, the Tigers are closer to a win now than most people realize that organization has done a really good job at building within and uh, I think all the pieces are going to come together, but they need a superstar up the middle. And, and I think Correa is going to be the guy that they go with there. So that's, that's my drink. What about your shot?
0: Okay, so for my shot, I'm going to do something. And this is going to be terrible for both of us. I am going to – I have a list of all the MLB teams in front of me. I'm going to – I have a touchscreen computer. I'm going to close my eyes and randomly pick one team. And that team – and we will see how this does. If this ends up winning, then – This is ridiculous, uh, but it's not a terrible idea all right it is the ooh Los Angeles Dodgers
1: wow did you just like make that no there's no way there's I'm no not joking
0: joke. oh I my just, god it's my
1: random shot in the dark that, that is there's no way that was random there's
0: absolutely no way you is knew it, that that would trigger me well I will say like is, <laughs> this would be very funny this would be very funny this is this is just how it worked out is there any part of you that thinks the Dodgers could actually get involved here
1: As a fan, I hope not. And obviously Correa is a very talented player, but he's also the absolute arch nemesis of LA Dodgers fans. So, um, you know, from a player perspective, you know, they would be happy. And I know Dodgers fans would love that, but uh, no, 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 don't, no, no, no. Send him somewhere else. Yeah, absolutely not. Um, No, no. Okay. Anyways. um, My shot is not going to be the same as his. That, 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 it feels like I took a shot hearing that, um, to be honest. I My shot in the dark is going to be the uh, Seattle Mariners. Uh, I think the Seattle Mariners could actually be a fairly decent fit. Um, and at the same time, you know, they could really use a shortstop and one more big name. They've got some uh, financial flexibility right now, and they're in a position where they could literally sign Correa, and that could be the steel move to beat his former team in that division. So – I'm going to pick the Mariners. I think that they're going to go out and uh, get a guy like Correa. And so that's my shot in the dark. Okay. The next one that we got is Trevor story. Um, basically you could call him the backup to Correa, wherever Correa goes story will probably be the next one to follow. So Derek, who is your drink for story?
0: I, man, I've been between a couple teams. So like the Astros would make sense because if they're losing Correa, then they could use uh, another hitter, especially a middle infielder. Um, Gosh, I think it, going back to the Rockies might make some sense. You can, especially if he'd be like, "Hey, why don't you just give me one year contract? You can trade me at the deadline. I'll ramp up my value again because I'll be playing in Coors Field." Like I, I think that would make a lot of sense. I am gonna go with the LA Angels though. I think now that the CBA has been passed and the uh, uh, the the tax line has been set at a little bit higher of a number, although I don't know if that comes into pass this year or if that comes into patch in future years. But nonetheless, the Angels are kind of close to the cbt number and so with more flexibility now moving ahead you can pay a little bit more and if you really are about trying to win now with otani and trout and all these guys go out and get another hitter because you could use one and if you do get one like trevor story that lineup's gonna look real scary
1: yeah, they could use another top-of-the-order guy, too, and Story's got some pretty sneaky speed. I, I like that pick. I'm going to stay in the division, and I'm going to go with the guy, the team actually you listed first in that order, which is the Houston Astros. I think that is going to be too expensive. The Astros still want to compete. They're going to get a guy that uh, I believe is born and raised in Texas, I want to say. Uh, I think Story's from that area, so um, it would make some sense for him to go back to essentially his home, right, and uh, I, I don't know. I think that I kind of see a decent fit with him there. They're all about kind of speed at the top of the order, and you could almost fill in what was a George Springer role uh, at the top of that lineup, so I kind of see Story fitting in pretty well there. That is my drink. What about your shot?
0: All right, here comes the random. Eyes are closed, <laughs> scrolling up, and down, right there. Miami Marlins. Wow, that is that, that is left. incredibly random. I buy that one to be random, <laughs> dude. But honestly, okay. See, here's the thing with the randoms. I'm trying to like figure out if this is like actually a possibility. Could you see the Marlins? I could not because that's part of why Derek Jeter left the team yeah. because you felt like they were going to spend more and, and try to be competitive and they're not so probably not but again like going back to the Rockies thing if you're a small market team hey I'll overpay you for one year um, if we happen to be a good team then great but if not like we're expecting to be a we'll trade you at the deadline and basically we just bought a couple good prospects I yeah
1: I, I don't see the Marlins being a, a <laughs> I, don't, I don't see that one happening but like you know what, the thought, it's the thought that counts there, Derek, and I appreciate the effort. So I honestly, like, you you almost convinced me on something that I was so 0% convinced on. So I, I ticked up from 0% to maybe like 3% because of your speech. So I, I, mm, I did that. it. For, uh, for me, the shot in the dark here, um, one that hasn't been talked about, I feel like, a ton, because uh, a lot of people, I think, would assume Astros or Yankees is kind of the initial assumption. You touched on the Rockies. The St. Louis Cardinals would be really interesting to me because Nolan Arenado's at third base. They don't have a major strength with DeYoung at short. If they want to improve there, especially with the DH, um, and they, don't get me wrong, they've got some pretty fairly decent hitters that are on the bench right now too. It's a bit of a shot in the dark, but I could see Story being a Cardinal and basically reuniting that Colorado defense from the left side. I think that would be kind of an interesting match. So that'll be my shot in the dark. Okay, Freddie Freeman. This is a fun one because none of us know exactly what the heck is going on with this one. It's all basic weird reports that we've had. Uh, Derek, who is your drink?
0: Uh, Man, this is tough because it, it feels like the reports are making it sound like it's getting closer and closer to him leaving. And I don't know why the Braves didn't strike a deal before the lockout because this is like, okay, Acuna might be a better player or whatever, but Freddie Freeman is the face of the Atlanta Braves franchise. He just won a World Series. They had the uh, financial reports come out a couple weeks ago, whatever. Like They made a lot of money. Go out and and re-sign him. I'm going to stick with the Atlanta Braves, but I feel worse and worse about this as days pass and they haven't re-signed him and a team like the Yankees or the Dodgers or, I don't know, whoever else uh, could find a way to scoop him up.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I, it's a fairly safe pick, you would think, but I'm actually going to go with that second team you picked. I, I think the Dodgers are going to go after him. The Max Muncy situation is concerning to me. Um, the Dodgers actually, probably for the first time, don't have a ton of depth. They've lost a lot of their depth pieces. And now at this point, they're kind of waiting on their younger prospects like Michael Bush, Cody Hosey uh, to really step up. And then there's a massive drop-off where there's a bunch of Dodgers prospects that are – you know, at the age of 20 or younger, like Diego Cartaya. So they're going to take a little bit of time to develop before they really come up. So you're, you're looking at Bush and Hosey and, and you can't count on those two necessarily probably Bush more than Hosey since he's a top prospect, but I I don't know. I kind of see this being a decent fit. I'm going to go with the Dodgers for Freeman. They have the money and uh, Muncie can always shift over to second base too. uh, And they'll figure out what to do with Gavin Lux accordingly. But Um, I I think Freeman's going to go to – I mean, he's got ties to the West Coast. It kind of feels like the Braves should have gotten this done before the whole lockout, and I feel like the 99 days added attention to that. Um, I'm going to go Dodgers. Okay, so who's your shot?
0: All right, here we go. Pulling up the MLB list. Eyes are closed. Up and down we go, and it is the Atlanta Braves. Wow. Oh, my gosh. (laughs) That is incredible. Now I wish I would have for my drink done like a different team. You can do a different out. team. Do a different team. Feel free. No, no, play no, play. no. The finger, okay. the finger pointed. I'm not okay. going to tempt fate. I'm not going to tempt. I will tempt never. Fate.
1: I will never point the finger the other way.
0: Dusty, if I if I change this now, the lockout is going to revert. I cannot change it.
1: Uh, I don't want that to happen. That would be a real bummer. <laughs> so yeah, now okay, keep it with the Braves. So he goes Braves, Braves. Um, mm-hmm. If he's going to do that, I'm going to change. I'm going to keep the city the same, except for I'm going to add of Anaheim. So I'll put Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. Uh, okay. I can see this being a fit as well. Um, you know, to be honest, I think Freeman's headed to the West Coast, and the Dodgers mm-hmm. and Angels are two very, very good fo- uh, spots for him. And um, we'll see what happens. But if he doesn't end up there, uh, he's probably ending up with the Braves. So we'll see what happens there. How about your former San Francisco giant? We'll see if he stays in San Francisco. That would be Chris Bryant. What is your
0: drink? I am going to go with the Seattle Mariners. I think that the Mariners are obviously trying to win. They had a good season. They're trying to build off that. More young players could be coming up. Who better than a guy who has all sorts of postseason experience? Who better than a guy who can play all over the field, whether it's in the outfield, whether it's on uh, the corners of the infield or whatnot? I think he can give them some leadership. I think he can be a good hitter for them just in general. There were some rumors about the Mariners and Chris Bryant before the, the, the lockout anyway. So I'm going to stick with uh, Seattle.
1: Seattle was second on my list, I would say, but first on my list is who he was first with. I'm going to go with the Chicago Cubs. You saw Ooh. the day he got traded, how emotional he was. You know how attached he is to Chicago. And to be honest, you know, when you think about the Cubs, their product on the field is not going to be great, right? They're, they're going to need some sort of jersey seller before Brendan Davis, and that, and mm-hmm. I mean, at some point comes up, right, and hopefully helps turn this organization around. But they have very little depth. They're going to be a horrible team. So. If Chris Bryant loves that organization enough, he may take that cut of, I'm willing not to win games, but to help lead this in the right direction. He's won a World Series with them. So imagine if he helps lead them into another rebuild to eventually get to the World Series. You're looking at what kind of like a Yadier Molina, Ryan Zimmerman type player when they kind of went down the stretch. You know, it it makes sense to me. And I'm going to go with the Cubs because I feel like he's so important to that organization that I think that I could see him go back there and pull essentially what her this Chapman did with the Yankees. And um, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. But what about your shot?
0: All right, here we go. Here we go. Here we go. The ooh Toronto Blue Jays. That's a fun I one. I like
1: that one, actually. That's a, that is a fun one.
0: Um, there's I mean, one that's going to really... hit so
1: far. That's kind of off the, the beaten path. That's probably the one that, that could happen. I guess. Yeah. That. I mean, they don't
0: totally need another hitter, but they, they're not in a position where they, would have to say no either like they could make it work with another guy and if you're really going for it in the east and there's a a good value on Chris Bryant sure why not
1: I I like the Seattle Mariners but it's not a shot in the dark Um, I feel like that's a fairly reasonable option so when you look at shots in the dark at this point in time I think about teams that are trying to kind of ascend in the rankings and maybe kind of plays like a lower flyer than what you expect so, I'm going to go right in your territory, actually. I think that the Kansas City Royals could be a really strangely weird fit for him. Like, kind of the same concept as what I had for the uh, the Cubs. But Bobby Wood Jr. is about to come up. They've got some good young prospects at first base. But outfield, they've got a little bit of space, too. And with the DH in play, obviously, in both leagues, you know, you never know what's going to happen. But Brian's still pretty young, plays decent defense considering the circumstances. I don't know. I, I, if, you're, if you're talking to Sean in the Dark, Kansas City Royals could actually – I mean, that, that division's wide open, you know, outside of the White Sox having a pretty decent roster, you know, it's not like they're a dominant team. So the Royals could come up, scoop him. That would be a major signing. And imagine Kansas city's response to that, you know, would, would they be excited? Do you think?
0: Oh yeah. I think they'd absolutely be excited. And and for a big reason why is that would very much signal that they really are kind of going for it. Um, I know Whit Merrifield has been outspoken with through the whole lockout thing, but he also, About a week ago on one of the local radio stations here did an interview and talked about how he really does trust the Royals owner and that he's only heard great things about him and that he really is in it for to be a winner as opposed to some other owners who are just in it for the business and don't really care about the team aspect of it. So, yeah, I think they'd be excited. And and I don't think that's like that unheard of that crazy that, that that would happen.
1: Yeah, there you go. It made me feel better about that pick now. Okay, on to the next one. Uh, how about your guy, Seiya Suzuki? Derek drafted him in our fantasy draft the other week in Austin. So, naturally, Derek, this is – <laughs> I think I know where you're going with this
0: one. Mm. Um, go,
1: go ahead and take it.
0: Okay, so the Giants need a right-handed hitter. They lost Buster Posey and Chris Bryant. The Giants need an outfielder. Oh, and also uh, Seiya Suzuki is available and San Francisco is one of the best markets for um, Asian born players. Okay. Give me Seiya Suzuki. I want every piece of Seiya Suzuki stock, put him in a giant's uniform. I will buy the Jersey as soon as he signs and let's call it a day.
1: That's a deal, man. All right. I think it's official now. So, uh, Derek, you mentioned that they're really good with the, you know, recruiting internationally. What's another organization that does a really good job specifically in that region?
0: Seattle Mariners.
1: There you go. That's my pick right there. And uh, how about a former Suzuki as well that made an impact? So you talk about the Ichiro era. How about the Seiya era? Um, I'm going to go to the Mariners. I feel like they have a pretty decent fit out there. Granted, here is one thing. They could be theoretically pretty loaded in the outfield. So, it's hard to say exactly how they would go about this, but you've got Julio Rodriguez. That's coming up soon. You got Kellenick that's developing. Then you got Kyle Lewis. So you do have your three outfielders, but they've been in the running, like you said, for Chris Bryant. So I I don't know. I I see a fit there. I feel like it makes sense considering the history of the organization. And also just think about the marketing aspect alone to say, we have another Suzuki in Seattle. Um, there's a sushi place called Suzuki, literally after Ichiro. That place is booming the day that Seiya signs there. So I'm going with Seiya in Seattle. Okay, what about your shot?
0: All right, eyes closed. Let's see if I can get the Giants here. No, I got the – oh, that would be very interesting. The Chicago White Sox. Um, wow. I do not see this one happening at all. They already have a pretty good outfield, to say the least. And I also don't really see him signing with Tony La Russa, but – Hey, that's what the finger gave me.
1: You know what? The the finger never lies. Uh, <laughs> except for when you're driving on the road and somebody else gives you the finger. Then usually they're the ones that's lying. Um, for, say it for a shot in the dark, because we've been hearing all about the Giants, this, uh, the Mariners. Um, but the reality is we don't really know exactly where this guy's going to land. So I'm just going to pick a completely random spot that feels like could be a fit for a player uh, of his – you know, talent and whatnot, and and I kind of see him going to the Angels, actually. Like, you have Shohei Ohtani already over there, too. How about having another international star coming over uh, where the best international star in the league is currently playing? The Angels have money. Um, I, I don't know. I, I feel like I haven't heard their name involved in this that much, but the combo of, you know, Seiya and Shohei, that would be an iconic combo if they can both succeed the way that, obviously, Shohei did. So I'll put the Angels on that list. Okay. Uh, how about Derek? You know, I don't know the next time I would have put this headset on as there is a drive to left field and it will make it a four, nothing ball game. Guess who it's Nick Castellanos, uh, played for the Reds, obviously ended Tom Brenneman's, uh, career. And, uh, what is uh, the situation with him? What is your drink?
0: So I'm going to go with the giants as well here. And it's not that I think the giants get both Suzuki and Castellanos, but, like I said, they very much need a right-handed hitter. They very much need an outfielder. I'm just going to kind of throw numbers at it. I think the Giants will get one of the two between Castellanos and Suzuki. So I'm just going to throw numbers at it and assume they get one of two. And if they don't get either, I'll cry.
1: <laughs> All right. Well, we will hold you to that one. I, uh, I would advise alcohol helps with that. Um, for Nick Castellanos, I think that this guy has like a Miami flair to him. And if the Marlins want to prove Derek Jeter wrong and make some national statement. And and to be honest, I think Neague is a pretty good GM, at least from what I've seen. So I don't think she's sitting on her hands, you know, waiting for the team to develop. I feel like they're going to make some kind of splash. Castellanos kind of makes sense in that outfield. Um, He shoots the gaps well and that ballpark would be built pretty well for, you know, his double machine that he is essentially. And so I I don't know. I kind of see Miami being a decent fit. That'll be my drink. What about your shot?
0: Okay. So, I by the way, I forgot to mention this, but Nick Castellanos is one of the biggest winners with the Universal DH because he's not a very good fielder. So that'll very much help him. Um all right. Closed eyes, scrolling, scrolling. The Tigers.
1: The Tigers don't count because you never will end up
0: there. I got actually a very interesting team. Um the San Diego Padres. Ooh. I can see that. Actually, I can see that. That it's so, for for a random drop, that's pretty good. Yeah, and I mean, um the Padres have been kind of trying to I don't know. I feel like trade some of their veteran hitters for a while, whether it's Hosmer, Myers or whoever, if, if you do this, it's a lot easier to do that. And uh, they probably could use another hitter. As, as many stars as they had in the lineup last year, they were kind of middle of the pack in a lot of categories.
1: You know, the, uh, the Cincinnati Reds would be what feels like kind of a safe pick uh, for the shot. So I'm going to go the opposite of a safe pick. Castellanos loves to rub people the wrong way. I feel like, I feel like that's part of his like nature. So I'm going to send him to a team that loves to do that, and that's the Houston Astros. I, I feel like somehow, some way, they, they may find a way to have space in that lineup. Uh, if Pena decides to come up and hit at shortstop, obviously if you're done at DH, but uh, it's not necessarily the greatest fit, but if they lose Correa, um, they could get a discount with, Castellanos in some capacity I feel like there's a way to work around it um your Don maybe finds a way to play first if Yuli's playing there, uh, first base and Bregman's a third they, they can mix and match is, is essentially what I'm saying there's not a lot of space but uh if it's Castellanos you can make space so it's a total shot in the dark but I feel like attitude wise and if the Astros still want to compete at a cheaper you know maybe a, more of a discount they could also slide Bregman over to shortstop I'm just going to say that right now people forget that he came up as a shortstop so um that's something to consider at least and castellanos also by the way played third base people seem to forget that one too so i'm just going to throw that one out there total shot in the dark don't know where that's going to go probably won't land that's my shot okay how about your guy nelson cruz you didn't keep him in fantasy baseball he mm-hmm. was a borderline keeper somehow when the fifth round of our draft to the best team in our league arguably so uh great loss for all of us in that aspect so where does nelson cruz play in this
0: this next season nelson cruz plays for His adult rec softball league. He's retiring. (laughs) I don't have any inside knowledge. I'm just going to go with retiring. I mean, honestly, he could, now that the universal DH, he could literally go to any team and any team would be dumb not to at least kick the tires on it because he is such a good hitter. And with the DH, you know, might as well fill that spot on Nelson Cruz. He's older. So you can give him a one year, uh, probably not too expensive deal. Um, So there'll probably be a lot of suitors. I just, I feel like there hasn't been a lot around the market and, I haven't really seen one way or another if he said he's playing or not. So I'm just going to kind of, I know this might be more of a shot in the dark than anything, but I'm going to just say he retires.
1: I'm going to go with your team. Uh, I think the giants, they've got a ton of first basemen. So that's the only thing that knocks them in this, but they don't have a ton of power. And now that there is the universal DH, this is an excuse to get arguably the most powerful player on the market right now. And, Uh, yeah, the ball doesn't fly very well in San Francisco, but Nelson Cruz also can hit for average too. So I feel like he kind of fits that Farhan mold, um, in some way, shape or form. If they lose Chris Bryant, uh, you might see them use that DH spot for Nelson Cruz. I kind of see it being a decent fit, especially because the giants should still want to stay competitive. I mean, they just won 107 games this past year. So to keep up with the Dodgers, to keep up with the Padres, Get arguably the most powerful bat. I don't care how old he is. Farhan's going to find ways to maneuver through that lineup. And uh, I think that Nelson could actually be a decent fit in that lineup. Okay, what about shot?
0: All right, random shot. We are scrolling and we got the – ooh, the Chicago White Sox again. Again. But this one I think makes a lot more sense than, say, a Suzuki.
1: Yeah, I could see that. Um, The White Sox just have so much talent that it's hard to see them going after a big piece offensively. I think pitching-wise – More likely, but dude, who's going to pass up on Nelson Cruz? I don't know. Nelson Cruz is a special talent. Um, For me, for my shot in the dark, I I think about just, okay, this is more of what I want to see than what I expect to happen. But Nelson Cruz signing with the Colorado Rockies would just be the most awesome thing ever to see that guy hitting as a DH with CJ Crone in the middle of that lineup and in Coors Field. Nelson Cruz could hit 50 home runs of course, I feel like. So I'm going to pick the Colorado Rockies just simply because his numbers could go skyrocket. They trade him at the deadline for like, you know, he signs a one-year deal, two-year deal. And a team that really needs DH where somebody that gets injured, I mean, we, we always forget about injuries, it goes and acquires him. I mean, the Rockies are probably getting a decent pool for a 40-year-old guy. So uh, I'm just going to throw that as a shot in the dark. Okay, pitchers, Clayton Kershaw,
0: where's he going? I feel like it's between two teams, um, the Dodgers or the Rangers. That's, Or I guess retires in the same way that Nelson Cruz, so maybe one in three chance. I'll go with the Dodgers. I'll, I'll say that he sticks around.
1: I'm going to go the other way. I'll go to Texas Rangers. I think that uh, he goes to Texas. I think that he um, you know, is going to end his career where his life kind of started and uh, his family lives out there already. It makes sense. And if there's one that we're going to hit on and one of us is going to owe the other a drink, it's literally this one. So um, the thing that's cool for me is I win-win. So if he ends up with the Dodgers, I'm happy. If he doesn't, I'm really sad, but Derek has to drink. So I'm happy with that. Uh, Who's your
0: shot in the dark? This should be fun. Let's see. We got the uh, Detroit Tigers. How about that? That is so random. Wait, okay, no, it makes sense. He uh, obviously, well noted, this never gets talked about ever but um, he is friends with Matthew Stafford. Matthew
1: Stafford, there he is. Matthew
0: Stafford played in Detroit for the Lions, left the team. He feels bad, so he tells his friend, Clayton Kershaw, hey, could you go help the city of Detroit win a championship? Clayton Kershaw goes to the Tigers, boom.
1: And then they win it all in 2022. It all makes sense. It's the story of Clayton Kershaw and Matthew Stafford completely. Mm -hmm. Makes sense. Um, You know what? Uh, That's a real shot in the dark right there. I'm just going to take one that I think would piss off a lot of Dodgers fans. So – I know this would really upset the heck out of me is if Kershaw went to the Houston Astros, um, that would really ruin me. I feel like, but the Houston Astros are in the state of Texas and they're a competitive ball club and they could use another pitcher. So it doesn't seem likely. And I know Dodgers fans would blow Twitter into uh, oblivion at that point, but just to see the world burn in my own world for that matter, burn, because I would hate this as much as them. Uh, worst case scenario, Clayton Kershaw, my shot goes to the Houston Astros. Okay. Now that that terrible picture is painted in my brain, Carlos Rodon, uh, where is he headed your drink?
0: Man, there's so many teams that could just take a flyer. Cause that's the thing you don't know about totally healthy. Uh, you might just get a one-year deal. I think it would make a lot of sense for him to go to Boston and Boston has just kind of done this with, uh, signing a lot of pitchers to one-year deals uh, recently kind of hoping that the health, like last year with, uh, Oh, gosh, is Garrett Whitlock or – no, what's the other guy? Anyway, um, I, I kind of see Boston doing this. They could use another starting pitcher, and I think that it's worth the risk for them. So he goes from one Sox team to another.
1: I like that one. Uh, I'm going to have the most boring pick of the day. I think he's staying with Chicago. Um, they took a risk on him. Remember, he was not a proven starter, and uh, honestly he was a waste of a draft pick at one point. But the White Sox retained him. They had some sort of faith and belief in him. And they did what he did this past year. And so my guess is if they weren't going to let him go once, they're not going to let him go when he's really, really good. So I'm going to say that he is one of my returners, probably the only one on this list that is a returner. And uh, he's headed back to the Chicago White Sox organization. Okay, what about your shot?
0: This is going to be one I'm going to feel good about no matter where the random lands. Because like I said, anybody could sign a one-year pitcher. You're going to end on the Pirates, aren't you? No, I actually got the Houston Astros, which okay, I very point. much see Houston signing him. Like you said, they could use another pitcher. And they've also been a team that hasn't really had – I mean, they've gone through, like, injury stuff with Justin Verlander and Lance McCullers and on down the list that I don't think it would bother them too much, especially if they're viewing it as, hey, we think we're good enough to be a playoff team regardless. Let's just do what we can to get him to the playoffs, and then we'll have a really good pitcher.
1: I uh For my shot in the dark, uh, I'm taking this simply because this team loves to get guys that eventually get hurt. And Carlos Rodon has a pretty bad injury history. So the LA Angels like to make the most unsafe moves ever. And uh, when they really need pitching, which is right now, they should be going after guys that can give them innings. And uh, honestly, Eduardo Rodriguez is probably the guy that I thought was the best target for them. And he obviously goes to Detroit. So they're going to end up with a guy that In addition to Noah Syndergaard, who has a massive injury history, I I just could see them going for Rodon and have this like perfectly painful rotation of guys that can't stay healthy, which honestly includes Shohei Ohtani. I mean, we've seen Ohtani not be able to stay healthy on the hill either. So I'm going to go with the, the shot in the dark. Angels continue to be reckless in their signings, and they'll take a guy that has a pretty bad injury history. Okay, how about closing out the game here? It is Kenley Jansen the closer. Where is he headed?
0: Man, I, I feel like the ship has sailed on the Dodgers, him going back there. I'm trying to think. There, I mean, there are a good amount of teams that could use a closer. The Padres, um, gosh, anybody could use – do you think he'd be willing to sign somewhere as like an eighth inning guy if they offered him?
1: I don't think so. Kenley Jansen, after the way that he pitched in the second half of last year, uh, the pride of that guy, I think that he believes that he should be the one to be in the ninth inning. And, uh, yeah, I, I don't see that happening. Um, and honestly, I yeah, I, I mean, the ship sailing with the Dodgers, I kind of agree with, and echo that statement. Their they're bullpen's pretty solid. And, um, you know, if they're trying to stay away from that uh, tax, luxury tax, Kenley's going to be one of the expenses that they're going to have to let go.
0: Yeah. So if that's the case, I think you're looking at probably, I don't know, Toronto, Boston. Oh, gosh. I don't know. Uh, Padres, I. I think that I'll go with Boston. I, I don't know how in love they are with their closer situation, whether it's Matt Barnes or Garrett Whitlock. I could see Kenley Jansen being a Red Sox next year.
1: I'm going to go with the Miami Marlins. Um, I think that's another one. Yeah. yeah, I think it's a really good fit. The Marlins are a sneaky team. Um, they're not going to win a ton of games uh, based off their offense, obviously. And uh, if I get the Castellanos pick right, that'll help them a little bit. But uh, they're going to really be in a lot of close games because their rotation is unbelievable. Um, super young, very talented. I, I like what's happening there. And then there's a key to my, uh, my method for my madness and Don Mattingly is there. And I know that he had a pretty good relationship with him. Um, and the Marlins don't really have a set closer either. I like Anthony Bender, but could still take some time. He's rather young. Uh, Jansen kind of fits the culture there a little bit too. I think that he, I mean, he's born and raised from the Netherlands and uh, came over, it, you know, obviously Cuba, Cuba descent is a huge deal in Miami, but they are really open to, you know, being a melting pot, if you will. And I think that he probably would embrace that the same way he did LA. Uh, I, I kind of see it as a fit. So I'm going to go with the Marlins. Okay. What about your shot? All
0: right. Eyes closed. Who wants Kenley Jansen? <laughs> I got the New York Yankees. <laughs> oh, okay. 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 I mean, again, happen. I could see the Yankees kicking the tires because, again, yeah. you can never have enough good relievers, but he's not going to be interested in going to a place where he's behind a role as Chapman. He's going to have to even fight for the seventh and eighth inning with guys like Chad Green and Jonathan Lewis. I guess. I don't feel great about this shot in the dark, but who knows? The Yankees like to throw money in weird places sometimes. Yeah, Ken Kenley is a tough
1: pick, uh, but I'm going to go with – so I-, I mentioned Don Mattingly. Um I don't honestly know if he had any relationship with this manager whatsoever, but this is my little shot in the dark. The Texas Rangers could use a closer and it seems like all they want are Dodgers players. It just seems that way at this point. (laughs) turning into the Dodgers of the South. So might as well add another name to that list. Kenley Jansen of the Rangers will be my shot. Um, And I mean, you know, their closer right now at this time is I I believe it's Barlow, Joe Barlow. So Mm -hmm. um, who actually pitched pretty well, but, put out stuff kenley jansen obviously has better stuff so i don't know what the direction is with the rangers i have no idea if they have interest i haven't seen any reports about him going there so i'm just gonna pick the fact that a former dodgers manager is there we have a dodger there and Seager, probably probably dodger and kershaw there jansen's gonna finish the whole dodgers in the south so and it'll be dodgers versus rangers in the a world series of 2024 that is my pick there um Derek, if you want we can finish it off with the
0: shotgun six pack let's do it first up for the shotgun six pack. The entire lockout can best be described as blank I would say painful,
1: just absolutely painful i that that was ninety nine days of stress anger i i I mean we at one point we didn't know if there was going to be a season at all. It was a very painful process. Thank God it is over. What about you
0: was loathing detestable um hostile I don't know I, there's a lot of ways I would describe this I it was it was so very frustrating specifically for me from the ownership side of things the you know not negotiating for 2 months and then you finally come to the table and you don't even negotiate for a little and you're basically just coming to the table to try to spin pr negatively about the players so that the public would turn the public never really turned and i think that's what changed this time as opposed to maybe previous lockouts was players have the ability to just go on social media and and tell people what's going on. And yes, I I know there were still some people who were upset with both sides. uh, Right. But I think for the most part, it turned against the owners and yeah, it was, it was horrendous, but at the end of the day, we got where we needed to go. It is a little bit later than I would have liked, but we're there. So I guess that's a positive number two, true or false. Rob Manfred will be commissioner in 2025.
1: False. And I need to pick up the name as to who I believe is going to be doing this. I have to go back in my uh, book that I wrote. Uh, I had done a future prediction of who the commissioner was in a book I wrote a year ago. Um, So I'll dig back into it. I think it was named Tony Ray. I'm going to have to look at it. Uh, You go ahead and tell me true or false. I'm going to have to figure this out. But go ahead and read my book, which I don't even know
0: what I wrote. (laughs) You wrote a book and you don't even remember what you wrote in a book.
1: I'm I'm trying to remember his last name. I think it's Reagan's. Let's see. This is this is a uh, Okay, here you go. Here you go. I got I got our pick for the next commissioner your right deck. Okay. It is Tony Demetrius Regans, born on March 11th by the way. Oh my gosh, his birthday's tomorrow. Um, I think you this this was all a, this was all a plan. This was this just all worked out so well. Um he was born in Indio, California, so really close mm-hmm. to where I am right now, just four and a half hours away. Uh, but he is a former executive in Major League Baseball for the Angels. Uh, that's not good news. But, um, yeah, in my book I wrote that he would somehow be the, the next guy. So he went to Cal State Fullerton. Uh, he's 54 years old. And he kind of has the, uh, uh, the background of what you want for a commissioner on paper, I feel like. So I think Manfred's gone. And I'm just going to say that he's going to be our guy, Tony Reagans.
0: I think if they, you know, it's like, a, it's like a breakup. You break up with a girl, and then you go to, like, someone that's completely opposite the next person. If they break up with Rob Manfred, they're going to go, like, Pete Rose or something like that. that <laughs> but no, awful. I'll say that he is still the commissioner because as much as he is awful and terrible and I hate him, <laughs> um, basically his job is to be, like, a puppet for the owners in a certain way. And as long as the owners like him, that's really all that matters. And because he has so much of the owner's support and he supports the owners so much, I think he will be fine, even though I wish that he was gone right now. Uh, Number three, now that the lockout is over, who are the two favorite teams to win it all prior to free agency?
1: Yeah, uh, we'll go American League and National League. So if I was going to look at it right now on paper, I would probably say, and this is not – creative at all this is just for me it is the Dodgers versus the Red Sox I feel like that's a pretty chalk is is
0: how I would see that is chalk what about you I mean that's not totally chalk if you're looking at like Vegas odds the Dodgers are the favorite Astros and Yankees are right there I would man I don't know I think I'm gonna go yeah I'll go Dodgers if I if I'm trying to split this up into AL and NL. I'll go Dodgers out of the NL, though I do really like the Mets this year, which I do feel like is too trendy of a pick, so that scares me. Brewers still really good. But, yeah, I I think out of the uh, AL, it would just make too much sense for the Yankees with free agency and having kind of what they perceive to be a a bad year, and they already have a lot of talent on that team. They're going to over kind of spend because of that, I think. And it's kind of hard for me not seeing them be the favorite. doesn't mean they'll win at all, but just being the favorite, like, yeah, I, I, I'm good with that, being the Dodgers-Yankees. Number four, which of these players signed first? Jock Peterson, Jorge Soler, or Eddie Rosario, all World Series champions for the Atlanta Braves?
1: Yeah, it's, this is a hard one because now that we know about the shift, Jock Peterson's value shoots up a lot. Um, and you can actually make an argument Jorge Soler does a little bit too because they put a mm-hmm. minor shift on him. I'm going to go with Eddie Rosario. Uh, The heroics that he had in the postseason, I don't think that was a joke. We know that Eddie Rosario can hit, and he kind of had a bit of a drop-off once he went to Cleveland. I feel like he's going to be a pretty trendy player, actually, available. Like, once Castellanos is gone um, and Bryant is gone, Rosario is probably that third or fourth option for some teams. And and I could see him being a sneaky guy that gets, like, a three-year deal worth, like, $45 $45 million or something like that. I mean, honestly, that, that's kind of what I see and envision because of what he did in the postseason. I mean, he showed he was significantly valuable. I feel like he's going to be that that next crop that's taken after that. What about
0: you? So I'm, I'm not going to go with Jock Peterson. I do think his value, obviously, is great for him, that there's a DH, and on top of it, like you said, the, the shift being eliminated, like that'll help him. But here's why. I could see Jock, for that reason, saying, I just want a one-year deal this year because I – want to enter free agency headed into that because my, my value might go up and other teams might say, no, we want two years of you at this price to where we get good value on the second year. So maybe it takes a little longer in negotiations. Um, yeah, I could see Eddie Rosario or Jorge Soler. I'll just go with Soler. He's world series MVP. Maybe somebody is, uh, I don't know, still living off that high and and just gives him a quick contract, especially because there is the DH now and he, uh, has a very strong arm, but he is not a good fielder at all. So I think that the, the DH helps him probably the most of these three. Okay, number uh, five, true or false, Bob Nightingale just earned a follow on Twitter for his last week of work.
1: Absolutely true. Bob is the GOAT. Well done, Bob. The uh, Honestly, if you look at how this lockout went, there, there's not a lot of positive silver lining takeaways. Uh, one of those silver linings is that now we know about the NFTs that Jeff Passon was hacked by. Um, those are some pretty amazing NFTs, but Bob Nightingale, the resurrection of the dark Bob Knight. I mean, my gosh, that was, uh, electric. What brought to Twitter, um, the memes just beyond ridiculous. I, I loved every second of baseball, Twitter, considering how painful that process was, um, it was never going to be a deal. It was never going to get done. I think I've read that about a billion times. Uh, the Castellanos uh, 4-0 home run. I read that tweet about a billion times and it was always on Bob. And, and my favorite one was the Dexter's laboratory uh, meme with Dexter looking up to Bob's picture. Oh my gosh. Like that one just gets me every time.
0: So yes, true, true. Bob has my follow now. <laughs> I, uh, I think I actually already am following him. So I don't know if you knew this. I, I know his uh, son. He went yeah. to you. Uh, yeah. Really nice kid. Really nice guy. Good for Bob. Entertaining the baseball world when we most needed it, even though it ended up not really coming to fruition that night. But he kept on reporting and eventually we made it through. So uh, who's laughing now? Okay. Last one. The bachelor finale is next week. Does Clayton actually look like Clayton Kershaw?
1: Somebody pointed this out to me. And I wanted to just refute it immediately. And then I actually put their pictures up side by side and I hate it because this Clayton guy, Clayton Eckerd, um, he's a failed football player. He's a horrible person. Uh, he <coughs> basically chewed out my future wife, Susie. Um, and I, I, will never forgive him for that. Although I thank him for now leaving the door open for me to swoop. Appreciate you doing that Clayton. But yeah they do shockingly look similar, and he looks similar to Jesse Palmer, too, which you and I both know of not only as the Bachelor host but also he's part of uh college football reporting as well so it's weird because they have the same face shape and they they don't sound the same, but they have like the same teeth it it is it's freaky they have the same name and kind of the same look.
0: Do you see it? I don't totally see it. I see a little bit of the, like, if, if they mixed a baby between Jesse Palmer and and Clayton Kershaw, I see a little of like the facial hair and a little bit of the the facial structures. I don't totally see it. I have not been watching the bachelor. So, um,
1: it's a wasted season. Don't worry. This guy, this guy found a way to uh throw everybody out and, uh, he, he goes on my list with Peter as one of the worst, and he looks just like Colton, too, dude. He, he's like the most basic looking face. He's like six foot five, failed football star. It's like what the Bachelor craves. Are these, I pick, go pick ahead. Pick
0: one MLB team to compare to Clayton, and, and we'll wrap from there.
1: Okay. If there is a dysfunctional team that Clayton reminds me of, it would be probably the Colorado Rockies. Like, they mm. they don't manage their players well at all, they don't treat them well. Then they shoot it back at their fans. They expect the most – the Tampa Bay Rays could be on that list too just based off of the, uh, the concept of trying to leave Tampa. Actually, I might choose that because they, that, is, that is who I'm going to choose. This is all they're doing. And then they basically turn to their fans and say, we're going to try to move to Montreal. No, we're not going to do it, but we need your guys' support. That's how Clayton is. It's all focused on himself. Both the Rays and Clayton like to make fans pissed off.
0: Okay. That's a good end for the show. He is Dusty Baker. I'm Derek Johnson. That is your latest edition of Booze and Baseball. Certainly free agency ready to come in. Certainly games ready to come and uh, very excited.
1: 2022 Booze and Baseball. Let's go.